talk to music people about movies about music people. I'm Amy, I use she, her pronouns. I'm Crystal, I also use she, her pronouns, and we are Basic Bitches. So today we're talking with Philadelphia-based two-piece King Azaz about 1999's SLC Punk, the story of a small town punks forced to face the future when their anarchist ideologies collapsed in the fall of 1985 set to a soundtrack featuring the specials, the exploited, the stooges, fear, and the dead Kennedys. So thanks for joining us. Please go ahead and introduce yourselves. Um, hey, I'm Christo. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I play guitar and I sing in King of Zaz. Uh, yeah, I live in West Philly. Um, I'm so happy to be here. This movie I've seen so many times. Uh, it's like a movie that like, defined my high school experience. So I'm really excited to be talking about it. I'm Sarah. I play drums in King is As. I use they, them pronouns. This is actually my first time watching this movie. I've wanted to see it since I was like 15 or so, and I just never did. So I was really excited to get an opportunity to watch it and now talk about it. Yeah, so we are, we're like 50-50 because I had also never seen this movie. But and Crystal had seen it a ton. This movie is so <laughs> key. <laughs> so huge and it was really fun to watch it again um you know it was it was really good to to watch it but tell us um why why did you choose this movie um me me personally i don't know like i y'all sent a list over of some movies that you like had on deck um i think you like gave us the option to like choose something else if we wanted to or like you know choose our own on our own movie um but sarah like put that one in their like final I don't know three or whatever and I was like oh shit yeah definitely I want to talk about that shit <laughs> like I can like quote that movie like the back of my hand um yeah I don't know yeah I, again it was like really like formative for me um and yeah that's that, that's why I wanted to choose it we we deliberated for so long on what movie to choose I I, I think I I looked at how long it had taken us to respond to your original email. It was like 12, 12 days or something, something ridiculous. <laughs> also, we're sorry about that. <laughs> um, we're like not good at email. If anyone's listening to this, we're not good at email, but we love you. But yeah, it took, it took us that long to decide on a movie and we kept going back and forth on what we wanted. But as soon as we decided on SLFC Punk, it, it seemed to really click. Like that was the movie we definitely wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, thank you for uh, being so thoughtful and <laughs> really uh, going over all the options. But I mean, so was the the movie, was it the movie itself that was felt really formative or really interesting or, or the soundtrack or both? Um, I, for me, it's definitely both. Um, yeah, great, great soundtrack. There's like not like a I wouldn't say that like the music in the soundtrack has been formative to like my experience of like punk music but yeah I don't know um there are like some tracks that like stand stand out like um that one track by Adam and the Ants uh when they're like in Wyoming um but yeah I don't know I think it's just like the the ideas Brandy is like asking about like like 
his clothes and like you know kind of being like you know, why are you like why are you spending so much time like trying to be a punk like rebellion happens in the minds that like that like lion like i i've heard that like a million times because i've watched this movie a million times but like i heard it again today and i was like yeah like that's like what punk is about like rebellion happens in the mind like you can't create it it's just like it's just like how you are and that i think that's like why i love this movie so much and like why like this has been such a like formative like powerful movie for me as like a young person and as i like get older um like that's like something that i carry with me all the time i 100 agree and you know when i saw this movie for the first time like 1990 so it came out in 1999 i might have seen it at or around then i would have been around 15 or 16 and like very much a punk but like watching this movie then really it was the first time like the the ideology of punk like was ever questioned or criticized and like there was ever a critical lens on like punk and that was mind-blowing to me to like and I just love the way this movie is structured in the sense that it like spends the first half of the movie like building up like what punk is and then spends the rest of the movie completely breaking it down <laughs> Um, and that's really that's like really valuable and to be like a young person who's very much into punk like to have an opportunity to like question it in that way and yeah and and to pose that theory of like what is rebellion like it's not the clothes you wear it's like not your like it's who you are and how you act and how you respond and how you question things like it's your spirit you know yeah totally so like that was such a huge lesson and I'm like so grateful for this movie for teaching me that um even though it's like you know it's not a perfect film but to be 16 and like a young punk and see that it feels pretty uh it's like pretty enlightening (laughs) yeah for sure but I'm curious for the first timers uh (laughs) what was your takeaway I I did not know what to expect this movie I I knew I knew it was about you know punks growing up in uh, SLC, but I didn't know I did not expect it to sort of have that arc of like growing up and growing out of punk necessarily. So I was like pretty shocked by that. Um, it's it's like not the impression I had when I was like fifteen or sixteen, like hearing about it that it would go that way. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think it's it's also really interesting because we get called a punk fan a lot and there's like part of me that's like well wait a second we're not a punk fan like we don't look like punks we, <laughs> but like we we are a punk fan and <laughs> it was it was like nice to see that reflected in that movie <laughs> yeah I mean I so I grew up in England and I'm not even sure if this movie came out in England I swear I had never heard of this movie until like the, yeah. <laughs> someone else brought it up in another episode and uh, Crystal's like, oh my god, SLC Punk, I love that movie. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. So I had, and I deliberately didn't read anything before I watched it. So I went in like with absolutely zero expectations. And like, I spent the first half of this movie just being like, oh god, this guy is like every punk scene guy <laughs> that like I had to deal with when I was like a teenager. And I kind of hate him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he kind of sucks. Yeah, he really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, again, was not expecting the like turnaround. Um, I mean, part of me 
was nothing less than disappointed that he was like fully wearing a suit going to Harvard Law School at the end. Like I felt like there could have been a middle ground for him. But um, yeah, it was it was quite the ride. I was not not expecting it at all. Uh, Amy, I'm, I'm I'm curious. Did you have any feelings about um, that? Like I don't know, three minutes that he spent talking shit on England and like people <laughs> people like being like super horny for England. Two seconds before that, the English the English band turns up. Crystal was like, "I just I have to tell you, you're gonna hear the worst English accent." <laughs> <laughs> really? Bad. Yeah, there's they're so bad. They're really bad. There's like three different people that yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm the bouncer for the band. I mean, whatever they were going for, it did not work. <laughs> yeah, because they were supposed they were supposed to be kind of reminiscent of GBH, but I forget where GBH are from, but that's not that wasn't an accent that exists anywhere. <laughs> um I mean I didn't think he was wrong. Like that rant about who, you know, was it the Ramones, was it the Sex Pistols that invented punk and it doesn't fucking matter mm -hmm. like it's just it's just music right yeah. like that bit i'm totally on board for um uh yeah for those accents my god those accents <laughs> I, I really thought they were going for a swedish accent <laughs> i was just gonna say i i so i watched this movie this afternoon um and i like a lot of the like music and media that i consume these days like probably over the past like year and a half has been like British, like British music <laughs> um like I love like grind music and and all that um so I'm like like I don't know I just like listen to like a lot of like British accents all all the time and to like hear these accents in this movie and like forget like you know like ha haven't heard them in a long time it just like yeah. made me cringe so much <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really it's weird like the guy that does the most talking with an accent like I guess he's supposed to be the singer of the band like mm he's he's almost kind of doing some kind of regional accent like he takes a really like mm -hmm. big swing at it he's not just like i'm gonna do like a hugh grant like mid middle of england accent right. he's he's like really gone for something but i just i couldn't even i couldn't tell you what part of the country he thought he was from <laughs> yeah <laughs> the biggest possible swing and it just flew right over him That's um yeah. Apparently it was the real it was the band uh portraying that band. Yeah. So it'd be, I saw it'd be interesting to look up where that comes. <laughs> I think I I think I saw it. I was like reading about it. Um I feel like they were from like Denver or somewhere. Yeah, they they were they're on the soundtrack, I think, but they are just like some kind of a regional punk band <laughs> that ended up in the movie. Yeah, they were called Eight Bucks Experiment. I, I thought they were terrible. I thought <laughs> I, I thought that scene was <laughs> kind of disappointing. Like they could have chosen a better band. <laughs> yeah, it was also like because we had like pretty recently rewatched um, *Decline of Western Civilization*, which is like it's a documentary, so it's obviously like very no frills. But like, I feel like the those are the kind of bands that this was supposed to be, and then like. The guy who made this movie clearly knew about the scene as it was, but then I guess he wanted a real band and it was 1990 whatever. So he had to go with whoever was around. 
Yeah, he's also wearing, he's like wearing a Union Jack shirt, right? Like they really went, <laughs> they really went for that. Yeah, and like the only reason they were British is so it like would tie into his whole um, right. monologue. Could have very easily been an American band and it would like, I feel like it would have worked. There you go. There weren't any English people available. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, his, like, monologues in most of the, if the first half of the movie, anyways, are so much of that, like, self-righteous, um, like, really, um, just, yeah, like, the self-righteousness of it all is really what makes him such a, like, kind of unlikable character, but he's also very articulate, and, like, really right. in some ways. Yeah, well, it's, and like the, I was saying like the speech that he gives to his parents when he graduates is like, if you are between 16 and 18 years old and like committed to the punk rock lifestyle, that is what you wish you could say to your parents <laughs> when you're like ready to fuck off and leave the house and live your own life. Like yeah. that, it, and it's, it's like snotty, it's abrasive, it's aggressive, it's like but you you can get behind it in that moment because you're like yeah he is like 100% telling off his parents who think that <laughs> have their own self-righteous opinions of like what they did um very inspiring in a weird way <laughs> totally totally I think it's also like super relatable in the sense that like I don't know uh, like I am I'll, a millennial whatever that means but like I'm thinking about like you know like having so many similar attitudes when I was like you know leaving high school and then leaving college and then like being like 30 now and like you know like I love my parents but like you know we disagree like on a bunch of shit and like I'm not doing the things that like they thought that I would do you know like I'm not like where I I'm not where they thought that I would be which is you know whatever but um but just like like I don't know like the end of the movie like coming to terms just like um I don't know I feel like I'm I am where I want to be now but like I am definitely like not where I thought I would be when I was like 21 or whatever and like having like these very similar thoughts to you know Matthew Lillard's character um just like coming to terms with like having to participate in society in ways that like you didn't think that you would because <laughs> you're like so ideologically opposed to them but like you know uh just getting older and being like well this is like kind of like what I have to do and like how can I how can I like do that in a way that like still sticks to like my values and um like yeah like like who I want to be in the world that's like something that I don't know when I watched it today like I was thinking about that a lot and um yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So when you originally watched it as a teenager, so now you're watching it and you're like, okay, you know, he's not the greatest guy, <laughs> but but we're finding these reasons that we relate to him, but he also does not come across very well. Did you relate? Did you think you related to him more when you watched it as a teenager than you do now in terms of like, the ca the character traits that now make you think he's not a good guy do you think that you were picking up on them then or were you just like this movie's awesome I think that yeah it's a good question I definitely did relate to him more but I also was like not fully like in my like understanding of like my gender identity 
right? So like I'm I'm non-binary, I'm like not a man, and like just want to say like the things that I don't like about his character that he's like very much like a straight man. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that yeah, I don't know. I guess that that's like mostly like what I like the difference that I am feeling now. You know, watching it today versus like when I watched it like when I was sixteen. Like I st I still do relate to a lot of like um, his character and the way that he like walks through the world but it's also like yeah I watch it today and I'm just like yeah like <laughs> this character like walks through the world as this like straight white man <laughs> and uh, like I can't I can't walk through the world the way that he does you know so and like I don't want to um but I don't know yeah I still like you know like it, I still have like the same fond feelings and um of like watching his character and like just like being like a silly like fucking like goofball and like anti-authoritarian like I still like yeah I fuck with that and that's like I don't know that that's who I am that's like who I've become too um and it was yeah definitely cool to like watch it today um versus the last the first time I watched it and like be like yeah I'm still I still like feel like that person I still like feel like that you know, yeah, I, I have that spirit still. Yeah, I, I, I would agree that there was um, a sense of like privilege that I did not pick up on when I saw this movie as a teenager that like, it's alluded to that Steve-O is like the, is a rich kid, is like the son of rich parents and like has the privilege to willfully drop out of society and live in poverty, mm -hmm. like, to just like live that because like that's the lifestyle um, and he's got a safety net and he like has the privilege to yeah like walk through the world as a self-righteous like willfully non-law abiding person in the name of this like punk rock anarchist ideology which is like not something I picked up on as much when I watched this movie as a teenager I was just like wow, he's like kind of an asshole, but he's also kind of awesome. Like I would follow this guy around at a party or like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it, it was, but it was interesting. It's like something else I kind of learned and picked up from this movie, seeing it again, you know? Um, one of the, I think the last note that I wrote in my notebook uh, after watching this today was that like, I don't know how to feel about how the movie ends. Um, like, I don't know how I feel about the fact that like, like the message, like I think the the message of the ending is like something that I was just like saying in the last thing that I said about like like yeah I don't know like to me this movie is like all about like um, the fact that like liberation happens in the mind or like rebellion happens in the mind but like what does it mean that like this movie just like ends with like this privileged white dude who like is able to just yeah just like drop out of society and like doesn't have to like worry about shit <laughs> and. I mean, worries about shit, like, you know, I was, like, very deeply caring about, like, things in society, like, um, yeah, I don't know, but, like, you know, and his friend passes away, but, um, like, at the end of it, like, him just like, being, like, well, I guess I'm just gonna be a lawyer now, because that's what, you know, like, I'm, I guess I'm gonna, like, fight the system from the inside, which is, like, yeah, cool, like, we all, I hope to, like, be fighting the system from the inside, and, like, every job that I work like that's the attitude that like I bring to it but it's just like uh yeah I don't know yeah you how much is that really gonna happen you know um <laughs>
Yeah, that was very much my feeling about the end. Just like I don't, I don't, I didn't come away with faith in that character that he was necessarily going to actually try and tear anything down. Um, yeah, I thought the the ending felt like just sort of like a drop off. Like it's like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give up like all of these punk values and punk style and and whatever. And like, okay, I guess the only other thing is to like go be a lawyer and go to Harvard. Like I said before, it definitely was not the ending I was expecting, and I, I kind of feel like a little bit let down by it. Like it, it, it was a little uh, depressing and sort of like, okay, but those are your only two options. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that like something that I do appreciate about the ending is that like, I don't know. Like I do think that you know, like I yeah, I do think that like he's like gonna take these like ideologies and values like with him into like what he's moving into but um like I don't think he's just like shutting off like punk or like shutting out like you know anti-capitalism and anti-authoritarianism but it's just like I yeah I don't know it just like didn't feel like I don't know <laughs> it's just like a little bit um, too clean of an ending you know it's like oh well there we go all those loose yeah. ends are tied up <laughs> Everything turned out fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that yeah. um, the the guy who like wrote it and directed it made a sequel, like five years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I I saw it one time when I was like drunk or something. I don't remember it, but I remember it. I do remember it being really terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like funded by Indiegogo or something. You know, it was like it was like crowdfunded, and Matthew Lillard wouldn't be in it. Someone, one of the other major people wouldn't be in it. And it's like, that kid, oh, I'll tell you who is in it. Machine Gun Kelly. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, nobody asked for that. Oh my God, that's so funny. Like, I was like, yeah. I'm not going to watch it, but I will read the synopsis because I do want to know what, like, the vision of this guy. Like, how yeah. does that extrapolate? But then because Matthew Lillard wouldn't be in it, it's not following the character that you're like invested in <laughs> finding out more about it's like kind of like a parody of the movie which is the movie like the original movie is like kind of a parody of like i don't know something um but yeah the sequel is like definitely just like a parody of the movie and it's not good <laughs> no cap that's me that's my thoughts <laughs> it, like in terms of the movie's ending and it like wrapping it up really cleanly i i, I do agree you know when i saw it the first time when i was younger and many subsequent times so I was like yeah I mean I guess that I guess that makes sense I don't know like it, it it felt a little lackluster but I did you know appreciate that he recognized in a sense that like I was kind of faking it all along like you know I, he came to some realizations like I was kind of an asshole and you know Bob got us into it in the first place it was kind of all him <laughs> I didn't I didn't like that attitude at all. No, I didn't, <laughs> but I did appreciate when they like went back to that flashback of them like, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons in the basement, like that that punk offered them an opportunity to reinvent themselves. It like offered them an opportunity to like to become different people and to like have some control over like who they were and how they were going to like be in the world. Um and I think that it, that's a relatable experience too for like a lot of a lot of us when we discover punk. Like it's it's 
music, but it's like a lifestyle. It's like a, a look. It's it's like a way of being in the world at a time when you you kind of are looking for answers for that. So like that, I, I, I appreciated that, that they at least brought it back because kind of all through the movie, you're just like, oh, these guys are just punks and they've always been that way. And now they're not anymore. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I thought that was nice. And it was also like adorable that they were listening to Rush. And he was like, but Rush, it's perfection. <laughs> just thought it was cute. Don't touch my stereo. Yeah. Yeah, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons in the basement, you have to be listening to Rush. <laughs> we know what the tape was that Bob put in the cassette player. I tried to look it up, and I didn't recognize the band. What, what band? Yeah, I wonder what that was as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's on the soundtrack. Um, it's called the song's called "Kiss Me Deadly," and it's oh, it's Generation the, X. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Is that the it's same? Because that that's Billy Idol's band. Is it the same Kiss Me Deadly that um, Lita Ford co covered probably? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Because she had a song called Kiss Me Deadly, I'm pretty sure. But it's not the same song. It's not the same song. No. <laughs> when he put the tape in, I really wanted it to be uh, Los Angeles by the band X. I like, for some reason was like, this would be like the, the perfect scene for that, that song to come on. So I was a little disappointed mm -hmm. when I went them, but... Yeah, it was a little bit of a strange choice. I, I think, I, I feel like I remember that too when they like put the tape in. Like, what is this going to be? That's oh, one of my favorite parts of the movie. I don't know. I think it's, I I personally, I don't know, like the, the way that it like, just like kind of like flows in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's perfect. I think it's like one of like the most like climactic parts of the movie when that song comes on. They do a really good job of placing songs like, you know, some soundtracks is just like a collection of songs, but like the songs were really deliberately placed at really key moments in the film. So like, I think you're right. It, it like sets the right tone of that scene, but it, it does feel like, um, like that, that seems like a weird choice to be the song that introduces you to punk. Well, you know what else? <laughs> Having already discussed his rant about the British. It's a British band. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a it was a really cool choice. I think that like you could have been so much more on the nose with your song choice there, you know, or like he could have just been like, listen to this and just put on the Ramones. But, <laughs> that like... would have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on the team did know their stuff to be like, all right, it's <laughs> going to be like 1982. <laughs> like, what, what might they have found? You know. Yeah. Some of the periphery characters. I mean, also just like, um, Jason Segel's character, the like super Mike. intense nerd <laughs> guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've met that guy. Yeah. I've met that guy. I, I know someone. Yeah, I don't. I, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's what makes this movie so relatable in that sense, too, is that, like, all of these periphery characters, you know, and, like, all of their stories and, you know, that it opens up your world, too. You know, there's always somebody like that, the, like, super nerdy, like, but very hardcore dude and, like, you know, the bohemian goddess and like, uh, all of these, like, 
these very strange characters that are all kind of somehow interconnected in this world. Um, and like, that's one of the fun parts of the movie too, is that you get to like see these, these little vignettes with all of these people and their weird, weird half lives. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that was probably my favorite thing about this movie is I, I was sort of expecting like a linear like progression and storyline, but it's it's really just a series of like visionettes. Um, which is normally um, like a medium I, I really hate. <laughs> like I hated Slackers. I thought that was the worst movie ever. Yeah. Um, but they did it really, really well. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the structure of it is great. It's like really like weird, beautiful punk collage. I mean, I've I've always liked that about it. And I was like, when, when we watched it, that was one of the things I was like, I don't know. Somebody watching it for the first time, I don't know how they would respond to this. Like, super like jump cutty non-linear like stories weaving in and out of each other and like you know there there were scenes where you would be like steve would be giving a monologue and then he would just be in another place like he would just step into another scene and now he's like at another party mm. and talking about another thing yeah. or like, in, <laughs> like, or like on acid really disorient like right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I think it's like, it makes the movie really engaging and disorienting at the same time, but um, I like that about it. Yeah, me too. I think if it was too cut and dry, it would be like, y- you would lose some of that, like the, the spark and the attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a, a day in the life. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I kind of wish that I had found it when I was a teenager. Um, I mean, it was, it was cool to see as an adult, but I'm sure that there's like a little bit of a nostalgia element that I'm missing having it, not had it been part of my life when I was younger, but like, I think the general message of like, you know, you can be punk and not be that kind of punk or, you know, that, that kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of thing is like definitely something that I think I had to come to myself probably much later yeah it's a it's a message that you don't necessarily see i mean not just in punk it's a message that you don't necessarily see generally but um i think it sort of resonates particularly in the punk world especially like i remember when i was a kid and we were so it was like there were two it's like punk had to have so many rules you know like this is cool that's not cool anymore if you do that then that's you you're out like there were so many everything had to there was like this one fanzine in the uk called fracture that like to us was like the bible like it came out a couple of times it was huge and um i guess it was like they were trying to be like the english maximum rock and roll and um i used to read it cover to cover like when they they reviewed my like high school band's demo once and it was like the pinnacle of my life (laughs) at the time and I would just like mail order tons and tons and records from like just the reviews, like half of this thing was reviews. But like to the point where I didn't really listen to anything that I hadn't got from Fracture <laughs> for like for probably a solid year. I was just like, if it's not in this, then it's not worth my time. And then like a few years later, I met the guys that ran it and like they're perfectly nice guys and I really appreciate the amount of effort they put into this thing but they're just like 
a bunch of guys who were like they were 30 at the time you know and they were just this that's what they were doing with their spare time and like they were doing it because they were enthusiastic about the music and everything else but like I don't know that they fully appreciated that there was a bunch of 15 year olds who were just like <laughs> hanging yeah. off their words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I have like a similar thing with um, Planet X Records in, in the US. Uh, like that was like my shit in high school. Like that's like how I got introduced to like, like, like truly like DIY kind of, kind of shit. And, um, I don't know, like people like Spoonboy and like, um, yeah, <laughs> it's like so important to like have things like that that like create like or like produce or like distribute like physical things, you know, um, like that that like spirit and like ethos of like punk um, was so important. And, and I don't know, it was like it, it was really cool to like watch this movie from a time <laughs> before I was like into punk, you know, like before I was like old enough or whatever. Um, to like yeah just like i don't know just like see this like these like tangible kinds of like things happening if that makes sense um yeah that felt really special to me and felt really good to like watch again <laughs> and then this like digital age that we live in <laughs> that i have so many feelings about it's like nice to yeah it's like nice to like see um i was gonna say my favorite scene in the movie um that i think just provided like the comedic relief that that movie needed was the scene with Sean um, trying to apply for the job at the women's store. I just, oh, yes. So <laughs> funny. I was like dying <laughs> laughing on my couch. Um, yeah, I agree. A lot of great moments. So, good, good, much needed comedic relief. That's a great scene. Yeah. That guy's story arc was brutal. Though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I'd it was also even more so than Bob's. <laughs> Yeah, it's one that like like I can relate to with with other folks in my life, and and so yeah, his his story is hard to watch. It really is, um, but it's like definitely a, a part of punk that like should be acknowledged. I feel like I've like <laughs> I feel like every character in this movie I've met in real life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I know a Sean, you know, I know a Mike. Mm-hmm. I know Bob. I don't know Steve actually. I don't think I want to know Steve. I definitely knew some Steve's. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a Mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very singular person. Um, I, I, I just want to read this these notes that I wrote. It's not anything like cohesive or anything, but I said it. This movie for me is all about friendship and standing by slash behind what you truly love. I don't know how I feel about this depot selling out in the ends, but I guess I feel like <laughs> I recently come to terms with having to exist in a way that I am ideologically opposed to and how I can do that in a way that is actively fighting. And then I just wrote down the quote, rebellion happens in the mind. You can't create it. You just are that way, which is what Brandy says to Steve-O. In like the last few minutes of the movie um but like that's like i don't know that's like what i've been sitting with like that's like the thing that like really gets me about this movie yeah yeah i mean i think that's definitely where the like the heart of the movie lies um 
you know, and her monologue is her, her is great. It's like the questions she poses to him at the end of the movie are the questions he's like struggling with the entire the entire film. And to just like have someone you barely know, you just met, like look at you and like read you like that. Oof, that's, that was rough. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, he said like, it's the hardest punch I ever took, you know? I, yeah. I, I feel that. <laughs> I appreciate Yeah, that. I was really drawn to the scene, uh, like a little bit before that where I think Bob is talking about being in love with Trish or like finally feeling like at home in Salt Lake City and like Steve-O just goes off on him. And you can tell like Steve-O doesn't really know why he's going off. It's just this like thing that he has to hold on to. Like that's his personality is hating where he lives and not feeling like it's a home. But to have someone else like be able to drop that, it, it like sends him into a spiral. And then I think the next scene is where he talks to Brandy and it just like kind of ties it together for him. I thought that was a really cool like progression. It also like builds so much like sadness in the end too because it's just like that's like what was happening right before bob died you know that was i don't know that's like still like hard for me to watch it is i mean and we can i mean we haven't really even talked about the actual performances yet like oh my god they're just so good that i mean that scene is it is hard to watch because i mean it's played so well and it's so real and it's like really raw and i mean (laughs) you can you can feel it like you can you can feel it it's so heavy and yeah that's like that will go down in in one of like all-time most powerful like scenes that i've watched in a movie it's yeah you know but it's like it's got to bring it that's like what brings the movie home it like grounds everything to like a halt yeah it's like the most the most extreme emotion in the whole movie, you know, like kind of the kind of the most, the only emotion in the whole movie, other than just like fuck you yeah, to yeah, everybody, yeah, you know, wrong. suddenly. How wrong, yeah, but like really, it, yeah, it kind of like really comes hard at the end with the emotion, you know. Mm. And you can see him trying to like, like be tough and like not, you know, he's like just trying to hold it together it's like no it's like I'm, I'm tough I can take it and then he just he can't he just can't yeah the whole thing just like collapses yeah that um that one line he's like crying he realizes that Bob's dying he's like choking up and crying he's like what am I gonna do for friends yeah that's yeah I don't know that's like a fucking that's really fucking heavy and I definitely yeah feel <laughs> felt that <laughs> you know um yeah it's like but those are like real emotions that you would have in that situation and then at the same time like like you can see it in his face that he like really feels that way but also feels bad about having that thought and like that feeling in that moment it's just like layers and waves and waves this like yeah it's 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 really really powerful and like I think I think Matthew Lillard is great he's better in this movie than anything else i've ever seen him in and he's always played these kind of like obnoxious yeah like really obnoxious characters like but like he got pretty real in that moment i read also that it was improvised that whole that sequence thing yeah which is interesting so matthew Lillard has always had it in him (laughs) he's just never been given the moment 
I, I, I would not necessarily call this a queer film, but I, I don't know. I feel like there's, so there's a lot of the things that I don't like about Matthew Lillard's character are the fact that, like, has to do with the fact that he's, like, such a fucking punk bro, you know? He's just, like, just like, <laughs> this, like straight white dude, but, like, I don't know. I feel like there's, I don't know, there's, like, some queer elements to this movie that I think as, yeah, a young person who, like, didn't know where I was at or um, was, like, you know. I was kind of shocked because there's a the scene right before he goes to the party, he says, like, I don't even know if I'm, like, gay, bisexual, mm-hmm. or, like, oh, yeah. like, he says some other things in case, maybe. Uh, that, that one, I was just like, really? Like, that's not been brought up anywhere else in this movie. Um, but I thought, it was, yeah, it was an interesting line to throw in there. It, it felt a little bit out of place, but also, like, appreciated that it's in there. Um, I just wish they maybe like exported it a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Me too. And I, I just like like what I was gonna like end with saying with that was that like I, I feel like they're like it started to like play with. I don't think that it's like a queer film because it didn't go like very far, but I think that like it did start to like play with some things that um, I don't know <laughs> are always relevant um, and that you were like weren't really seeing from films back then. Yeah, just like even the notion of questioning, questioning who you are and what you know about yourself and like giving yourself the like capacity to ask those questions, you know? I mean, I I always really appreciated this scene, you know, where they're like driving to Wyoming with Eddie and they're talking about Eddie, like Eddie, like always he gets beat up all the time for being gay, but he's not even gay. He's just like a romantic, whatever. But like he's in the car and Eddie's saying like, you know, the thing about, the thing about people giving you shit is not that they're wrong about you. It's that they're giving, they're you, giving shit. you shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's so true, you know, like, and that's, and you like the Steve-O's reaction to that, like you can see he's kind of like really thinking about what that means. And like, I always thought that was a really, that was a really important and like interesting takeaway mm-hmm. and like a way to look at I've like, it's like, I've you know, like carried that into my life <laughs> like so yeah yeah um, yeah <laughs> it's like a simple kind of turn of phrase but it's like it's pretty impactful like in that moment and then yeah it's something I've always thought about too it's like they're not they're not wrong they're they might not be wrong they're just giving you shit for the sake of giving you shit yeah. like that's what that's all it is sometimes yeah. that's like pretty liberating yeah it really is I yeah I wanna I wanna like I'm gonna like pump that out <laughs> but like I'll yeah. like radiate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I rewinded that scene and watched that scene again because of oh, yeah. because of that line. I just like really wanted to like take it in. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> cool. Well, um, you know, we I I could talk about this movie forever. Um, <laughs> and I still also know it like word for word. Um my best friend in high school and I, we, we watched this movie over and over and over again. And I, I texted her immediately after we watched it. And I was like, I just watched Elsa's Punk. And I remember all the words. And she answered right away, like, yes, I also know all the words and I'm going to watch it again. So it's fun. It was cool to be brought back there. So thank you for choosing this movie. Um, it's been awesome talking with you all about it. Um, before we go, I want to congratulate you both on the new release. The record is yeah. so good. Um, yeah, we're psyched for you. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> great. Um, we were so psyched to play with you at Two Piece Fest. Um, is there anything else coming up for you all with the record out that you want to tell the people and let them know how they can find out about you? We're doing a couple things soon, Sarah. I think you maybe know more than I do. Yeah, we, we've got a, we're about to shoot another music video, so that'll be coming out soon. Um, we're also gonna be, uh, we're gonna have shirts pretty soon, which I'm very excited about. Um, but yeah, um, long-term, we're already working on a new EP. <laughs> so that'll be out sometime hopefully in fall, but we'll see. We got, we got lots to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting busy and it's feeling really good. And um, yeah, I don't know, thank, thank you for having us. This like is really fun to do and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and in the meantime, everyone go check out Forever Green out now and get better records. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rad. All right. Well, thank y'all. And um, yeah, hopefully we will see you sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you soon. Okay. Cool. Bye. Later. All right. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Basic Bitches Movie Club, produced by us, Basic Bitches. If you would like to know more about us, please visit basicbitchesband.com. Don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe to this podcast on your provider of choice.